Tim Scott announces that he's exploring the exploratory when it comes to the 2024 Republican nomination for president. And he announces it from Fort Sumter. We'll show you the video. Donald Trump apparently had a pretty close, cozy relationship with Gavin Newsom because he said some nice things about him. And a new Winthrop poll highlights the current political situation in the state of South Carolina while NPR announces they're leaving Twitter and the nation weeps. All of that today on the Palmetto Family Matters Show. With that, we welcome you into the Wednesday edition of the fastest-growing and strongest conservative talk show in the state of South Carolina. Thank you so much for driving the numbers up in the month of April. We're about, wow. we're on pace for a record-setting yeah. month of viewership and listenership, so, so keep on going. You keep it up. We want you to share this episode along with others. If you're listening to this on Spotify, Apple, what your your typical yeah, uh, wherever dare you I say podcast, yes. Uh, Source the podcast version of the yeah, show. The, yeah, if you're listening to that, share it, give it a five star review. Uh, give it, make sure you make sure you're getting it out there. And if you're listening to us, watching us, we're sorry on Facebook, right? I have or a face, YouTube. Mom said I have a face made for radio. That's true. Um, if you're on YouTube or uh, Facebook, mm-hmm. then just click that share button, send it yeah. to all of your friends. We have a lot to get to today, yeah, and we start first in the state of South Carolina, which makes sense because that's where we are. By the way, time stamping us today, Wednesday, April twelfth at eleven oh five a.m. in the year of our Lord two thousand and twenty three. News is breaking all the time. We don't break it here. We sprain it. We sprain it. Tim Scott, Senator Tim Scott, is moving closer to a presidential bid by launching a 2024 exploratory committee. This I'm using a quote here by our friend at the state newspaper, Joe Bustos. Scott made the formal announcement Wednesday in a social media video showing the Republicans speaking from Fort Sumter where the Civil War started. And you know what? While we've got it pulled up, let's go ahead and take a look. Here is Senator Tim Scott's video announcing his exploratory run for President of the United States. On this day, April 12, 1861, in this harbor, the first shots of the Civil War were fired. And our country faced the defining moment. Would we truly be one nation under God, indivisible with liberty and justice for all. America's soul was put to the test and we prevailed. Today, our country is once again being tested. Once again, our divisions run deep and the threat to our future is real. Joe Biden and the radical left have chosen a culture of grievance over greatness. They're promoting victimhood instead of personal responsibility and they're indoctrinating our children to believe we live in an evil country. And all too often, when they get called out for their failures, they weaponize race to divide us, to hold on to their power. When I fought back against their liberal agenda, they called me a prop, a token, because I disrupt their narrative, I threaten their control. They know the truth of my life disproves their lies. See, I was raised by a single mother in poverty. The spoons in our apartment were plastic, not silver. But we had faith. We put in the work, and we had an unwavering belief that we, too, could live the American dream. I know America is a land of opportunity, not a land of oppression. I know it because I've lived it. 
That's why it pains my soul to see the Biden liberals attacking every rung of the ladder that helped me climb. If the radical left gets their way, millions more families will be trapped in failing schools, crime-ridden neighborhoods, and crushing inflation. Not on my watch. This is personal to me. I will never back down in defense of the conservative values that make America exceptional. And that's why I'm announcing my exploratory committee for President of the United States. I will defend the Judeo-Christian foundation our nation is built on and protect our religious liberty. I will stand up to communist China and restore opportunities for hardworking Americans to thrive and prosper. I will fight to give every parent a choice in education so their children have a better chance in life. I will defend our borders and our neighborhood streets, and I will protect our most fundamental right, the right to life itself. I bear witness that America can do for anyone what she's done for me, but we must rise up to the challenges of our time. This is a fight we must win, and that will take faith Faith in God, faith in each other, and faith in America. God bless our United States of America, and God bless you. So there it is, Senator Tim Scott. Uh, it was interesting because I it was really building toward I'm running for president. The exploratory what? committee line kind of caught me off soft. guard a little bit. It's soft. It's not a. It's not an all out press yet. On the run, and it's not soft in a bad way. I, no. I don't want to, no, 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 no. But it's 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 helping people understand that th- there are real issues in America. Sure. And Senator Scott, as he so often says, he did at the Vision Twenty Four National Conservative Forum Ooh. back on March the eighteenth. Plug. You can go to our website ah. and uh, watch that. See more of that. Now you got C-Span three president. Now you got four presidential Whoa. candidates who were there. Whoa, and maybe more. Um, and one former one. Uh, so uh-uh, the, yeah. the two the, former ones. Two former two ones. ones. Two former ones. Tulsi the Gabbard and and Lindsey Graham. Lindsey Graham. So uh, this is interesting, Mitch, because Senator Scott is announcing in sort of the same way that Nikki Haley did, mm-hmm. but both of them South Carolinians. And I, when mm-hmm. I was asked by um, a reporter from CNN before the Vision Twenty Four Forum, how South Carolinians will respond to both of these South Carolinians in the race for president. I believe this is a this should be a mark of pride for our state Absolutely. that we have two very strong candidates Absolutely. running for Viable, president now. Competent, strong candidates. Now again, they're running up against two heavyweights. I'm not gonna argue with that. Trump and DeSantis appear to be the Don't heavyweights in the fight. Chris Christie. Sure. Um, <clears throat> and so what we have here is is a person in, in Senator Scott who, as he says, he in a generation went from cotton fields to the Congress. Okay. Yep. Um, he, he promotes a message of opportunity, not oppression. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a, a message of hope. It's a message of hope, not victimhood. Victory, not victimhood. Mm-hmm. This is a message, as Kelly McEnany put on Twitter today, is a winning message in the general election. Absolutely. Now you raise the point. Yes. The general the general election isn't important right now. Yeah. What's important is the primary. So just a little political theory uh, for those of you that care about this sort of thing. Um, the way elections, primary elections, are generally run, and no pun intended there, mm-hmm. the way primary uh, elections are usually run and those campaigns are usually run is base-driven. By that we mean that you're galvanizing the base, you're – you're saying things, you're using talking points that your base would most likely care about. And what has happened over time 
is that those campaigns have bled over into the general. And so it's all about galvanizing and pushing out your base. It used to be that political campaigns will run trying to fight for the 3 to 5% of independents in the middle. If we have red and blue, there's this yellow or green or whatever color, purple sliver in the middle, and that's what you're fighting for in the general. And this message, as Kaylee McEnany and others are saying, is a message that could work in a general. However, comma, but, and, or, mm-hmm. how many, whatever. Some are going to look at a message like this and say, well, it's just not strong enough to drive Republican voters in the primary. I would contend that if there's anyone who could bring back and restore civility sure. and a measure of hope and 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 political um, normalcy. Uh, mm-hmm. I dare use that word. Normalcy is just th- throw it literally out literally, that window yeah. over there. No um, if anyone can do it, it's Senator Tim Scott. He has been a, uh, a, a stalwart for conservative values, sure. uh, family values, faith values. He has been per- a person who clearly, if you read anything about his story, if you listen to him talk, uh, is a is a man of conviction, yeah. Not just in conservative values, but faith values, and mm-hmm. he's lived a life, as he said, and you just said, from cotton to Congress in a single generation. Yeah, I, I love the line in there about in my apartment. He doesn't even say house. I love it. He says in our apartment we didn't have silver spoons, we had plastic spoons, um, and that message is going to resonate with blue collar working class Americans. It is going to resonate yeah. with people who understand what it means to work hard for a living. Certainly. And it will also, I believe, inspire a future generation to understand what it means when hard times come, and they're coming, what it means to not just pull yourself up by your bootstraps, but work hard for an honest day's work and yeah. trust in the system that set that up. And and so we'll see where this goes. Again, Senator Scott currently, uh, as of yesterday, not running for president yet. He was He's running f- fairly low in in the polling in, in many aspects, usually polling around 1% or 2%, mm-hmm. as most are outside of the big two, uh, Trump and DeSantis. But we did, speaking of polls, we did have a new Winthrop poll make its debut. Now, this was published and uh, conducted and published before Senator Scott's mm-hmm. announcement. Just some highlights here. Um, this is basic. This is in uh, South Carolina specifically. The majority of South Carolinians disapprove of the way President Biden is handling his, handling his job with 54% expressing disapproval, 34% expressing approval. Notably, this is below the average rating of 42% who express approval. Um, more South Carolinians approve of the way Henry McMaster is handling his job, 45 cent to 35%, while one in five have no firm opinion. Um, he remains very popular in Republican circles, though. Uh, Governor McMaster sits at a 72% approval rating within the party. Tim Scott remains more popular in the state than his compatriot, uh, Lindsey Graham, and, and that's, uh, that is not, from South that's not shocking compared to the numbers we've seen no, over, I mean, over the, past several. tend to track, and... Yeah, yeah. Republican nomination for president, 7% of South Carolinians support a presidential nomination for Senator Tim Scott when presented with the list of nine possibilities. 5% favor uh, former Vice President Mike Pence. 2 uh, support Mike Pompeo. 1% uh, support Chris Sununu. The big ones among nine Republicans who have either announced or are viewed as running. Trump sits at the top currently with 41%. Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis are neck and neck. 
Ron DeSantis at 20%, Nikki Haley at 18%. Governor Ron DeSantis will be in the Palmetto State next week in Spartanburg and in Charleston. Breaking. Interesting uh, there. Now we go into the issues. Yeah. Go into the issues. I want you to understand that polling is important. And most important is how the questions are framed. Testing and measurements are always defined by how the questions are asked. Now we go to the legalization of marijuana and sports gambling and in the view of those things in the Palmetto State. The legalization of medical marijuana prescribed by a doctor remains popular with 76% favoring its legalization with 14% opposing. But once again, how are we framing the question? When it comes to the recreational use of marijuana, the, the two parties differ, but a majority of the population, generally 56%, supports the recreational use of marijuana being legalized in South Carolina. 50% of South Carolina South Carolinians favor a law legalizing gambling on sports in the state. So exactly half. Exactly yeah. half. Okay. Of Republicans, 44% favor while 39% oppose. Democrats, 58% favor while 29% oppose. Here's, here's where I had a problem. And this is on the subject of drag shows. Several states across the country have proposed bans laws to ban public drag shows. Now, again, that's a bit misleading. More South right. Carolinians oppose a ban of public drag shows than favor it. 47% oppose a law to ban public drag shows, while 37% support a ban. Now, again, I responded on Twitter. Perhaps something was left out of that question. Uh, public drag shows are, are, are what they are, folks. I'm sorry, but while I disagree with them, and while I think it makes a mockery of women, and while I think that's the intended purpose is to make a mockery of women. denigrative of society. Sure, Grown adults can do what they want. Yeah. It is when children are introduced that there's a problem. If we frame the question as do you do you support a ban on drag shows in areas where children are present to the drag show, I think that number climbs. Right. From a list of four options for what to do with monuments and memorials to Confederate soldiers who died during the Civil War, the top two responses are to leave them just as they are, 32%, and to leave them but add a plaque or marker for historical context, 31%. While South Carolinians are fairly split on their opinions of the Confederate battle flag, white South Carolinians more often say it's a symbol of Southern pride than it is racial conflict. Mm-hmm. Black South Carolinians the reverse, say it's a 60% symbol of racial conflict and 13% right. split of racial uh, of, of, of Southern pride. I don't, I'm confused why we're still having that conversation. Same-sex marriage. Uh, so... Um, among Republicans, 37% think same-sex marriage should be recognized as valid in the state. 51% say it should not. A majority of Democrats think same-sex marriage should be valid as 71%. 19% saying that it should not. Um, okay. Christianity in America. This is actually pretty interesting. Yeah. Absolutely. Half of South Carolinians disagree with the idea that the federal government should declare the U.S. a Christian nation. I don't need the, I don't need the federal government to declare anything. Just over half believe America holds a special place in God's plan. We can have that. We can have that theological and doctrinal discussion sure. later. Later, um, because uh, the United States of America is listed nowhere in prophetic scripture. When it comes to maintaining a separation of church and state, sixty-six percent agree that it is critical that our government maintain the separation. Again, let's wait. I think there's differing views on what separation of church and state is. I think we've promised a show where we dive into the separation of church and state. Let's do that next week. 
its uh, historical background. I think it, next week. I think it might be helpful uh, for those <laughs> that may not quite understand the context of those statements made sure. by the third president. I'm sorry. Yeah, third president. Third president. Thank you. 38% of South Carolinians consider being Christian an important aspect of being truly American, mm-hmm. while 47% do not. Mm-hmm. So that's the Winthrop poll. Um, it sheds a little light on mm-hmm. what's going on. Nancy Mace responded to that polling, noting about marijuana of specifically and the, and the gay marriage aspect specifically. Um, that's all well and good. That's fine. And say whatever you want. The issues that we're facing across the state when it comes to these cultural issues are usually shrouded by what's happening in Washington. But when it comes to specific states, what we're finding is state issues are being federalized. Right. And by federalized, I mean broadened on a national scale. Right. Gavin Newsom, governor of the of the communist state of California, um, is traveling. Socialist? No, they're full-on communists okay. now. Traveled to different states, including Alabama and including Florida, on his freedom tour. Making America... California freedom tour. (laughs) I don't believe Gavin Newsom should be um, educating anyone on freedom. This is the same guy who dumped sand into skate parks to keep people from... I thought that was Kamala Harris. No, she, her thing is on freedom. Oh, sorry. Not freedom. Not the... Freedom. Got it. Freedom. Okay, sorry. Sorry, Kamala. Kamala. Whatever. Um... So Gavin Newsom's traveling to different states. Now, there's two parts to this. I I want to play Gavin Newsom's conversation with Jen Psaki uh, on Is her new show on M- no Psaki, Psaki. Okay. on MSNBC. I oh wanted them God. to name it Circle Back, but they didn't. Circle so back. Circle Back with Jen Psaki. So she left the White House to no take one a more. Ever does. She she <laughs> left the White House to go to go be a more supportive piece of the Biden administration. MSNBC. Oh my goodness. And so she sat down with an interview and, and did an interview with. Um, Gavin Newsom, governor of California. Here's one minute. Oh, just just listen or watch Gavin here, Governor Newsom, Governor Kendall, androgynous. And listen to what he says, and, and we'll break down a little bit of it after he's done. There's something deep and, and serious that's happening across this country. All the progress the last half century is being rolled back in these states in real time. In just the last few years, I don't think people fully understand the rights regression individual liberties, on civil rights, on voting rights, on the gerrymandering that's happening out here, on just the assault on the African-American community, the assault on the gay, lesbian, bisexual, and trans community. The number one issue of the day seems to be getting rid of the word Latinx in Arkansas, and number two, getting rid of drag shows. It's a serious moment in American history, and yet we're so consumed respectfully by the spectacles in Washington that I, as an American, feel compelled as a governor to call that out and expose some of that in a more systemic way. And forgive me for being intense about this, but everything I have taken for granted in my life in the last half century in terms of rights expansion, I didn't even bring up abortion and contraception, all of that, all of that is in peril at this moment. And my kids, they need, if I care about my kids, I sure as hell better care about what's going on in Alabama. That's the fundamental difference between conservatives and liberals, and especially wacko liberals like Gavin Newsom. Because what Gavin Newsom is saying is, is that the rolling back of freedom, and I'm quoting that, in Alabama will significantly impact the life of my children in California. No, what, in, what significantly impacts the life of children in California, Gavin, 
is you promoting the killing of children, allowing drugs to be uh, profusely available on the streets. you got to step over the needles in the feces in San Francisco. You are not addressing the homelessness situation. Instead, you're going to Florida and Alabama to proselytize and be the great prophet shouting in the streets about progressivism and, and the need for us to stop rolling back freedoms. Because here's the issue, Gavin, Governor Kendall, androgynous, what happens in Alabama does not have to affect what happens in California. We don't have to be so interconnected. Why are you so concerned with what the laws are in Alabama? Again, you're going on two things, Latinx. We care about that because it doesn't exist. No human being wants to be called Latinx. You're either Latino or Latina because Spanish, like Hebrew, and many other languages are gender-based languages. And because you believe there's no such thing as gender, or there's a plethora of genders, it's wrong to do that. How about rolling back freedoms? You want to talk about rolling back freedoms? How about you continuing mass mandates well into 2022, not allowing people to take walks in their neighborhood? My sister-in-law and brother-in-law who live in California, God bless them as they, as they lead a church in California, couldn't take a walk in their neighborhood because they were told by the government they couldn't. A walk in their neighborhood. You dumped sand in skate parks, Gavin, to keep kids from being able to play outside while the great deadly COVID pandemic was claiming lives of millions of children in California. Fact check, not true. We're getting crawled for this one now. 100%. That's perfectly fine. This progressive idea that Alabama has to kneel to the to the progressive agenda of well, California is ridiculous. So let me walk through three things really fast. Number one, Gavin Newsom running for president. Number one. I love the shirt being unbuttoned, by the way. He's cool. And he's, he's got here, that blue suit. He's casual. here to hang out. By the way, no no, no American, American flag pin. pin uh, which is, you know, has he written a book? I'm, I'm being dead serious. I'll, I'll look it up. Keep going. I'll book. look it up. Number two. This is a perfect example. This interview with Jim Pisaki. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Sack. Whatever. Saki. Uh, is a perfect example of competing worldviews. As we've said time and time again on the Palmetto Family Matters show, there, we want you to know what the issues are, what you need to know about them, what the Bible says from a biblical worldview standpoint, and what you can do about them. Let me go to worldview for just a second. There is a natural competition between a progressive and a conservative worldview. Now, those on the progressive side of the worldview are going to say that the conservative worldview is antiquated. It is outdated. It is trying to hold society back from progress. And the conservatives would say that the progressives, those who hold a progressive worldview, are trying to push an envelope. They are living on the edge. They are trying to manipulate society to their own whims and agenda that is moving the ball forward. Now, you just heard two totally different interviews. Well, not necessarily interviews. You heard the Gavin Newsom interview where he sits there with Jen and says Alabama and Arkansas and, and South Carolina are trying to destroy our nation with and this. Certainly cons- Florida. And Florida, careful. Uh, and any other state where there's somebody running for president. Uh, they are trying to destroy the fabric of this country, the, the pr- progress that we've made over the last half century. Oh, my goodness. Is the progress good? In some ways, yes, and in some hold ways, on, hold absolutely on, hold on no. Now. Hold on now, because not all progress is good. No, absolutely not. Now, he's, he, he does mention the assault on the African-American community. 
Show it to me. Well, show me law. No, show me laws that assault the African American community. So let's let's draw back progress for just a second. We no longer have slavery in America. That's that's progress. And since and, and since the founding of the country, we worked to eradicate it. Absolutely, moment and, by moment, and, and, and ultimately and we did until the British and the Americans outlawed it institutionally. Nationally. We stopped the slave trade fairly quickly. Yeah, there were there was no other nation on the face of the planet who had ever institutionally, nationally, as a rule, as a law, outlawed slavery. Correct. So America and Great Britain did that. Now, the atrocities that were done before that, that's real, and we need to talk about it. However, that is good progress. Clearly, good progress. Civil and, Rights Act of 1964, many would say, was good progress. So we, we can work through these things. I'll, I'll tell you this. I believe that uh, a baby in the womb, uh, 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 let's just say it like my eight, uh, nine-year-old uh, yesterday would say, a baby in mommy's tummy. That child, that mm-hmm. human being, fetus in utero, whatever, the offspring yeah. of a male and a woman, I said it. Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 what is a woman? Uh, yeah, yeah. That child deserves to be protected. Now, Mm -hmm. the progressives would say that's awfully outdated and antiquated of you because you're not looking at women's health. Actually, actually, no. They would say if if the mom is okay with having the child, then the child is a wonderful gift. If the mom is not okay with having the child, then suddenly it's not a child. And and yet 50%, if we we do a numbers game, 50% of women have been aborted. They've been murdered since 32 million ish. 73. So we've got an issue here where two competing worldviews the progressive and the conservative worldview are un- at, at odds with one another, and that's where the American people have to decide what the course for this nation should be. Should we continue to adopt the progress that seems to be continually perpetuated, nay, dare I say, shoved down our throats by the liberal left? I, mm-hmm. I won't even say Democrats because there are... Uh, Republicans, and I'm not talking about rhinos, we're not going on a rhino hunt, there are Republicans who are perpetuating the same nonsense and garbage of this progressive liberal agenda. Sure. However, there are conservatives who are also perpetuating some of the same nonsense. And so I'm not advocating for a middle ground standpoint or anything like that. No. But I also believe that if we are going to be conservative, as we say we are, we need to make sure that we are taking into account all these worldviews, not ne- necessarily even giving them equal equal footing and value, because I don't think that's wrong, or I don't think that's right either. It, it is okay to say someone and their ideology is wrong. Yes. It's okay to do that, because truth is truth. Facts are facts, and they, as Ben Shapiro would say, they, don't, they don't care about your feelings. I would argue. I would argue the big thing here is that conservatives too often push for compromise. You need yes. to call out a bad idea when it's a bad Absolutely. idea. You need to be you need to be comfortable with saying, no, we're not going to do that. And you know what? I'm going to say it. I was going to play the clip, but I'm not going to. I'm just going to say it this way. I hope that the next Republican nominee for president of the United States and, and well, uh, the next conservative who is president of the United States doesn't say, well, that person had some really nice things to say about me, so I'm not going to take a swipe at them. Uh-huh. I hope somebody stands up and says, no, you're pushing stupidity, and you're, you, in saying that you're rolling progressive ideas forward and we're making progress and, and, and attacking and demonizing the people who want to push common sense and who want to push values that matter, I hope people are willing to stand up and say, no, you know what, no, 
We're not doing this. I don't want anything to do with that. You're wrong, and I'm going to show you you're wrong instead of capitulating to somebody just because they give you a compliment. And that leads me to the third thing, and, and there's a lot of work being done on this field right now. In the polling that you witnessed with uh, from from Winthrop, mm-hmm. and, and, and Winthrop is a nationally reputable polling source. Um, I, I think that the polling, the questions often asked in these uh, polls can be uh, at worst leading and at best ambiguous. Yeah. Um, I think it's important for us to understand that while polling data matters, that shouldn't necessarily chart the course of human history right. and and the agenda and the path forward for a nation. Right. I mean, we, we dogged the Clinton administration in the 90s about continually looking at polling data to make sure that they were on the right track. You know, there's a difference between right and wrong, no matter who agrees with it, whether it's a majority or not. By the way, any society that says the majority rules is a very dangerous society. Now, I'm not talking about voting and that sort of thing. I am saying that when we start leaning on the idea that 58% of Americans think this is right while 42% say it's wrong, I think we're tar- we're treading some dangerous ground. Give me give you a perfect example. If and we talk about democrat democracy all the time mm-hmm. democracy mm-hmm. the people rule go back to the the, the uh, original language there if we are going to say that the people or the mob rule all the time if 52% say 48% must go then they go and that's what we've seen over and over again in democratic countries namely in in northern africa in eastern europe in southeast asia uh, and, and, and dare I say, in Latin and Central and, and even South America at times. And the extermination of people groups for religious, for racial, for ideological differences, they have been ex- exterminated. They have been eliminated. Why? Because the majority said they had to go. And so what we've got to be careful of is that in a constitutional, let me say that again very clearly, a constitutional republic, we don't continue to perpetuate the idea of a democracy that we do not live in. We do not live in a mob or people rule system. We live in a constitutional republic. Maybe we should do a deep dive on that sometime. I think next week is going to be our deep dive week. It's It's going to be good. It's important for us to understand that while polling data suggests one thing, you know, and and you heard some things from Winthrop in their polling data of South Carolinians, and these are all hot button uh, pressure. They're they're, uh, important issues right now. Mm -hmm. It's important for us as South Carolinians, to understand that while polling data says one thing, that doesn't necessarily mean that's the course that should be charted sure. for the state of South Carolina. So one final thing on this. Uh, Gavin Newsom does have a book. Ben and Emma's Big Hit. I assume those are his children? Maybe. Uh, ben loves baseball. He loves the lines of diamond-shaped field and the dome of the pitcher's mound. What Ben doesn't like is reading. Ben has oh. dyslexia which means letters and sounds get jumbled in his brain and the words don't make sense. But when Ben starts looking at reading like he looks at baseball, he realizes that if he keeps trying, he can overcome any obstacle that comes his way. Mm-hmm. And this empowering story by California Governor Gavin Newsom, inspired by his own childhood diagnosis of dyslexia, okay. readers will learn that kids with determination to try and try again can do big things. So good. Kids' yeah. book, that's great. Yeah, awesome. Um, so he does have his book. A couple final things here. We're going to get a few final things before we get out of here because we're running long. NPR has announced they are leaving Twitter. If you remember, Elon Musk put on Twitter that NPR is state-sponsored media. Now, this is a bit of a semantical game. What does NPR stand for? National um, um, Public. Public. Public So Congress established it? Federal government established it? Mm. 
So it's a sponsored. So it's so it's sponsored by the state. Yeah. And it's media. Full statement from CEO John Lansing. All NPR's organizational accounts will no longer be active on Twitter because the platform is taking actions that undermine our credibility by falsely implying that we are not editorially independent. We are not putting our journalism on platforms that have demonstrated an interest in undermining our credibility and the public's understanding of our editorial importance. We are turning away from Twitter, he goes on to say, but not from our audiences and communities. There are still plenty of ways to stay connected and keep up with NPR's news, music, and cultural content. Um, Goebbels. See ya. Sorry. See ya. Won't miss you. Don't care that you're gone. NPR is state-sponsored media Um, because that's how it was founded. Um, and also NPR is pretty much garbage. You're not saying they're propaganda. NPR is much like the public broadcasting system. Public. Public broadcasting. The BBC. No. State sponsored. PBS. All of it. It's no, in the no, name, it's in the no, name. No offense to our friends at PBS. I, I if it's love, in the name, it's in the name. I'm sorry. It, 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 if it's, it's in the name, propaganda. it's in the name. It's not propaganda at all. Speaking of propaganda, one final thing I want to get to today. Or if we remember the Nashville shooting at the Covenant School that killed six Christians, by the way, neither the president nor the vice president have been to Tennessee to meet with the victims. The vice president did go to Tennessee to meet with the three ousted, um, expelled at the time, Tennessee lawmakers, who I'm about to tell you are total grifters. Um, didn't meet with them. They haven't mentioned the word Christian at all when describing the shooting. The president, by the way, is in Ireland with his son right now, Hunter, well, um, but, but the, good Friday, the Good Friday Agreement, uh, uh, peace whoop agreement. Yeah. Whoop-dee. Hey, hasn't been to Nashville yet and hasn't Come been on. to East Palestine yet. Come on. So, if we remember the story about the Tennessee Three, the Tennessee Three uh, led a, a group of protesters into the Tennessee Hero- legislature, Hero- heroically <gasps> led them into the, into the chamber, and from the well of the chamber used a bullhorn to disrupt the chamber, disrupt the legislative process. Now, I'm old enough to remember when that folks coming into a Capitol building to disrupt a legislative session was an insurrection. Just throwing that out there. Um, but they led totally, it— Totally different. These three, um, let me make sure I get their names right, Justin Pearson, Justin Jones, and Gloria Johnson. What's wrong with Justin's? Gloria, sorry, <laughs> Gloria Johnson, the one white lady, actually got up and like apologized, so she didn't actually go um, get expelled. But the other two did, Justin Pearson and Justin Jones, which leads us into the racial issue. They were only expelled because they're black or people of color. It's ridiculous. But they were expelled. Now, but one of them, Justin Jones, appears he's been re uh, reseated. We believe Justin Pearson will be today. Um, here's a picture of them on your screen. Now they are saying that the Tennessee legislature, specifically the Speaker of the House, is a racist, and that we need to move to stop this gun violence. It's the age-old line from the liberals: "We need to do something." Okay, what is something? Give me an articulate point because when the when the when the when Democrats held control of the House and the Senate in the federal government, they didn't do a darn thing. Didn't do a darn thing. Justin Jones, by the way, who has then been who has since been reseated in 2019, he was charged with throwing a cup of coffee into an elevator that the current Speaker of the House was in. Don't. Threw a cup of coffee at him. Hopefully, it was iced. Probably not. So he's been reseated. And Justin Pearson appears to be reseated as well. They want us to do something, Mitch. They do want something. Tennessee to do something. Do something. How, well, how about this? While all this is going on about the Tennessee Three, this from the Tennessean, the Tennessee House on Thursday 
approved new measures aimed at heightening school safety at both public and private schools. House Bill 322 passed the House with a bipartisan support in a vote of 95 to 4. Wow. Reps Justin Jones, Gloria Johnson, and Justin Pearson all voted against the bill. To make schools safer. Bipartisan vote of Democrats and Republicans said if we put armed officials in schools, if we put armed guards in schools, it will deter school shootings. Because guess what? It did in Tennessee with this transgender shooter who shot and killed six Christians. The person didn't go to one place because there was too much security. And these three, do something, do something. We've got to stop in our, in our feigned Martin Luther King accent. We need to stop school screening. We do. We have a bill that does that. It's passed in a bipartisan manner, 95 to 4. And of the four, three of them are the people who are saying we're not doing anything. Stop grifting. Stop trying to become famous. Because that's what they've done. That's what they've done. They're on Good Morning America. They're featured on CNN. The vice president comes and cheers them on. Because we're not going to talk about the Christians who got shot and killed. But I'll gladly talk about these two or three Tennessee representatives who feel like they're being unjustly ridiculed and and rejected so you yeah. you've grifted you've got what you've wanted you've gotten your fame at the expense by the way and you weren't able to stop this bill but you're willing seriously what that what that vote tells me is you're willing for more children and more people to die because you won't take responsibility and actually pass common sense legislation that makes sense Instead, you just want to continue to grow your fame and grow your impact by yelling about doing something and not being willing to do anything. Hmm. Sounds, I mean, it sounds like uh, we, we've heard that refrain before. Let me just say it that way. I think we've heard from a lot of different people throughout, Ridiculous. The, throughout uh, our history who want to do something, but we just don't know what to do. Or the people that we want to do something won't do what we want them to do. And... You know, sometimes it's important for us to understand that measured responses are far better, far more impactful and significant than those knee-jerk reactions that people so commonly have in the aftermath, the emotional height of uh, these these moments. And that is not to minimize or uh, degrade or even... Um, besmirge the importance of those emotional reactions. I think people are allowed to react to things. Sure, but, you can have a reaction, but, but be willing to... A reaction does not necessarily mean that that is the best course of action. Correct. You can have a visceral response to something, but then when there's a common sense proposal put forward that is a bipartisan measure nope. that every single other person in your party... No, nope. albeit one chooses to vote for, you say no. Yeah. It, it's fraudulent. Yeah. It's fraudulent. Yeah. And I'm tired of these I'm tired of grifters. Have have a conviction and stand by it. It's not that hard. Yep. It's not that hard. So, That'll do it. <laughs> so that is your Wednesday edition of the Pamela Family Matters wow. show. Wow, I got a little, uh, I got a little we, spicy we both, there. I'm I think sorry. we both got excited. Um, uh, yeah, There's plenty more to get to. So next week, mark your calendar, next week we're going to do a breakdown of of what's going on. I, and, and I think it's important that we look at the separation of church and state yep. issue, uh, that we look at the idea of democracy and what our country actually is. I believe those are foundational principles that we need to make sure we understand. So we'll be doing that next week. Make sure, again, to follow us on all of our social media pages. 
Make sure that you get you subscribe to our YouTube page. You get alerted every time uh, our podcast or our show, pardon me, goes up. And then make sure you follow the podcast pages on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and wherever you get your podcasts so you can listen to these uh, at your leisure. Uh, again, record-setting month is uh, is underway here for the Palmetto Family Matters Show, and we appreciate your support. We appreciate you sharing this with your friends and family. Continue to do so on Facebook and wherever you get your podcast. Text these to your friends. Make sure to download the Palmetto Family Council app. Uh, sign up for our email newsletters and our email alerts. So you're uh, in the know of what's going on across the state and across the country. A lot of news today to get to. It was important that we that we covered these issues. We'll be back on Friday with another edition. We are happy to do so. We look forward to taking your questions. If you have questions, email us. Email me, Justin, at palmettofamily.org. Be happy to take your questions on any topic that you want to talk about, not just the ones we've talked about recently. We look forward to hearing from you. We look forward to joining you again on Friday. So for Mitch Prosser, I'm Justin Hall. Until next time, this has been the fastest-growing and strongest conservative talk show in South Carolina, the Palmetto Family Matters Show.